fade before. I like the way they dribble up and down the court. Just like I'm the king on the microphone. So it's Dr. J and Moses Malone. First off, fuck your bitch in the click you claim. West side, when we ride, come equipped with game. You claim to be a player, but I fucked your wife. We bust on bad boys, niggas fuck for life. Uh, so, we're doing it fucking live. Hot off the fucking loss. Thanks, RGB3, for fucking predicting that one. <laughs> the one thing I'm right about. <laughs> stop it. being right. <laughs> I just need you to stop being right. That's the last time I want you to ever be right. I just I'm just not allowed to predict anything ever again. I think that's I think that's where we're gonna end up at the, at the end of this conversation. Is just I'm the worst. I get it. I do this to myself. I want good things to happen to us. Are good things ever gonna happen to us? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> at least at least at least hopefully it'll football season um, where I get to make uh, even worse predictions. Can't wait for that. So this uh, for those who don't know, this is going to be season two episode. We don't give a fuck. Fire Shaka Smart yeah. featuring none other than Durka. What's happening? Well, uh, a lot of depression, yeah. mental yeah. anguish, drinking. Uh <laughs> Yeah, drinking, drinking. Yeah, yeah what stage of grief are y'all at right now? I think I'm still at the uh... physically. I'm physically exhausted. Still. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm at the tolerance portion. <laughs> I'm, it's a roller coaster ride for me. It's I'm either a... crying in the shower or running laps in the backyard. See, for me, I feel like I've come to the the acceptance portion of the of the stages of grief um, because this is exactly I predicted it. I expected this shit to happen because one, we can't have nice things. Two, shock is fucking terrible. And we're recording this uh, right now, and he should have been fired yesterday. Uh, it it's it's unacceptable. Uh, it oh, I'm getting heated. So I really, uh, hope, <laughs> I really hope that the reason he hasn't been fired yet is because whoever our next coach is is still an attorney. And we're just waiting for that I don't, guy because they got a, they got eliminated yesterday. Because <laughs> has Tech lost yet? Because uh, that's who I want. <laughs> that would be that would be awesome, but never gonna happen. I think the thing, I I think the thing with with CDC as he showed with the Herman deal is he's not gonna have he's not gonna fire his coach before he has the next guy lined up entirely completely done. Yeah, Um, I'm not even ready to talk about this yet. I'm still just I still just want to talk about how fucking mad I am about this game and how fucking terrible Abilene Christian is at basketball. So we're recording this after Abilene Christian has has been eliminated from the tournament. We're this is a Monday night. We were going to do last night, but I was just literally too physically fucking Ill. We just called and talked to each other, just being angry at noon the next day after it happened. Just anger. Yeah. <laughs> just. I think what's crazy. So, you're right. Abilene Christian. They fucking suck. They were terrible. terrible. They yeah. shot under thirty percent from the field. Seventeen Their from three. Guard is literally the size of a sixth grader. Their one tall guy is a doughy white dude with no athleticism. I mean, they have no athletes. They have no shooters. They did not play well. They got 20 offensive rebounds while Greg Brown sat on the bench. You know, the six whole game. minutes. Ar- arguably, yes, yeah, six. He played six minutes. Shot six one minutes. shot, switched a three pointer, but apparently is caught up in some sort of feud with Shaka that uh, supersedes winning. Uh, we got we got to send uh, that message to that one and done player. You know, got to got to bench him in the most important game of Shaka's entire career. 
to send some sort of message. So good call on that. Just one. smart basketball. Just, you know, putting your best, you know, your most talented player on the bench, you know, when all you needed to do was just out talent Abilene fucking Christian. It's not that well, hard to we do. Open the game, dumping the ball inside, got a couple quick, easy, yeah. easy buckets. Sims gets a dunk. And then the next thing you know, it's like our next two or three possessions are five seconds into the shot clock, pull up three, brick it, and you go, here we go again. And there was a quote from Abilene Christian's coach about how when he went, when he was coming into the game, he like felt and believed, hey, we can do it. And then uh, when he went into the locker room for halftime, he was like, oh, we can absolutely fucking do this. He was like, yeah. when I went into the locker room after playing one half, that's when I knew we are in this game and we, we can beat these guys, which is fucking ridiculous considering the disparity in athleticism, talent, experience, you name it. Uh, we, I mean, this team is comprised uh, of nothing but top flight recruiting classes. And Abilene Christian is, well, Abilene Christian. So I want to I want to go I want to go top to bottom on this stat line right now. So field goals, and we're not even going to talk about Texas. Like this is just how do you win a basketball game playing this bad? I, we get it. Oral Roberts, they played the game like these guys played the best game of their ever fucking careers, and they are just playing out of their fucking minds. All right, so they were twenty for sixty seven. They shot. They shot the ball 67 fucking times and only made 20 of those shots. That is less than 30%. Jesus Christ. My God. It's a team that it's beat team Texas. They made three three-point shots out of 18. 17%. <laughs> 17%. Absolute fucking garbage. This team sucked dick. And not only did they suck dick, against Texas, and they had, like, a very bad game, objectively, against Texas. They also had a fucking terrible game against UCLA. They played – they are consistently this fucking bad. Yeah, and, and UCLA won by 20, and, and and UCLA could have easily won by 30 or more. It that, that the, the UCLA game was like the um, 05 Big 12 game against Colorado where we just quit playing for the latter part because we were beating them – that's what UCLA did to them today. I mean, Texas just beat itself at the end of the day. Abilene Christian didn't beat Texas. Texas beat Texas. I mean, when you get out out offensive rebounded 18 to 5 and you have so 23 turnovers to 11 for them. Th that's the difference in a 1-point ball game. It's so funny how when you watch Texas the entire season, uh you hear whether it's our guys Galindo and Lance or whether it's Fran Frischilla or Jay Billis they love Shaka. They love our guards. They talk about how our guards Coleman, are Coleman, uh, Coleman. the strength of the team. And everyone talks about how having experienced senior guards is the way to go deep into the tournament. We had those guards supplemented by true uh, five-star future NBA first-round slash lottery pick talent. We have one of, if not the most, athletic front courts in the country. I mean, on every single level – we, uh, on paper, look like a Final Four team. We are the blueprint. And I want to make that clear to anyone who's a casual basketball fan who's just listening. This team we had this year is so clearly the best it's ever going to be under Shaka Smart because this is, this is what 
again, final four teams look like a bunch of senior guards who played a bunch of years together. And then with a nice mix of those young stud athletes, a huge front court, we should be great at rebounding defense, every aspect of the game. And to lose to a JV team like that team that we lost to in the manner we did is almost unfathomable, but it happened. It's the worst Texas basketball game I've ever seen. Right. It's the worst Texas right. loss so in the loss Texas history. Chaminade was so bad, but that was the Maui Invitational. This is the fucking tourney. This is our first tourney yeah. game in three years. Shaka Coming off the biggest win of Chaka's career, too. Coming off the yeah, absolute biggest win of Chaka's career. It's so crazy because Shaka knows what this game means. So what you saw was Shaka coaching for, with his life on the line for his first ever tournament win in six seasons at the University of Texas. This, this, he, he, he knows what the roster is going to look like next year. That was Shaka, and, and, and this is a guy who is watching us take terrible shot after terrible shot, watching us turn the ball over almost on purpose. And, and But you know what? These are uh, pillars of Shaka Smart teams. They take stupid shots. They have low basketball IQ. They turn the ball over. He does not rid anyone of their bad habits. He does not develop players. Every player who plays for three or four years under Shaka, Kerwin Roach, Matt Coleman, Jace Febris, whoever you want to name, Jericho Sims, they become a little bit better and older version of themselves year on year. But they don't lose any of their bad habits. They don't really add anything to their repertoire or to their game. And when you watch the way they look playing the game as seniors, they look just as hurried and and confused and under pressure as they did when they were 18 years old. Uh, this is not a guy who demands anything of his players. There's there's almost nothing they can do. Whatever your role is on the team, whether you play 35 minutes a night or whether you're the last guy on the bench, there's pretty much nothing you can do to change where you are on the Shaka Smart totem pole. And this is what you get when you have a coach that is this inept at, at game day coaching, at preparing it. I mean, he can, this dude can recruit, this dude can assemble a roster he recruits better. I still just can't get over. How the how the fuck does this team only score 52 points? Like, when's the last time? When's the last fucking time? To, I'm trying to look. I've, I've been trying to look. I can't. I don't even know when the last time a Texas basketball team only scored 52. I'm pretty sure Texas basketball. I, I'm going to bold prediction time. RGB3 style. I bet Texas has scored 52 and a half more recently than it's scored 52 in a total game. I bet Guaranteed. you're right. I mean, I'll give you one. What's the over under? What's the over under on football games next year where we score more than 52 points? <laughs> it's at least one and a half, and I'm taking the over. Hey, I'll give it more than that. I mean, we play Rice and we play Kansas. I mean, yeah, that's the over exactly. hitting immediately. Exactly. But I. I what I, what I think is crazy is just the turnovers is insane. So like you mentioned, the senior guards, Ramey was unplayable. Coleman was garbage. It's So you have these senior guards that you've been building up and building up and building up. Those senior guards, they don't 
have 23 turnovers. They don't let their team have 23 turnovers. You, know you literally don't even have to fucking play basketball against this goddamn team. You can yeah. literally just, it, you could fucking win with four goddamn players. You For could sure. just drive the ball and dunk on them because they can't jump. That yeah. team, I, I watched them, they can't even jump. Yeah. It's terrible. Not, you it, just it, dunk on them. They're so bad. If you commit 19 turnovers, you are guaranteed to win by five. If you have 16 <laughs> turnovers, 16 fucking turnovers in a game, you have 16 turnovers, you're covering. You're covering the spread at minus nine. This is this is this is a thing. And and uh I'm the reason I'm hesitating so much right now is because I'm about to bring up he who shall not be named, Rick Barnes, but because he's a whole nother story with his failures at Tennessee. But I just want to say this because it's relevant. Something that I did love about his teams that anyone who watched for any amount of time will know this about him. If we took two or three stupid shots in a row, he not only yanked that player, but then he then called timeout and he said, all right, the ball's going into Cam Ridley four plays in a row. We are going to literally script four consecutive plays where we're getting the ball to the rim because these bullshit shots we're taking are not acceptable. And he would do that when we were winning by 20 in December against a directional school. Under Shaka, what you saw with our turnovers, with our poor shot selection, and those guys are still playing 35 minutes, still handling the rock all night, taking the same stupid shots all night, turning the ball over carelessly all night. It's because it's street ball out there. It's and, and what the craziest thing about it is, and this is a point I wanted to make because I've actually got some notes. There are generally two kinds of college basketball coaches, guys with a system like Tony Bennett or Chris Beard or Roy Williams. And then there are guys who adjust their system each year to their personnel. Shaka is neither. Shaka has tried to adjust his offensive system almost every single year that he's been here, and it has never been done to suit his personnel. It's been done in a pursuit to chase whatever the NBA is doing right now. So it, it instead of incorporating an offense this year that has us getting out in transition, using our athleticism to run track meets against team, to get dunks, to get transition looks, instead of using the roster we have to press and to, 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 to again, get into track meets and, and, and get easy high percentage shots. He's got Greg Brown and Donovan Williams and Brock Cunningham standing outside the fucking three-point line waiting to take a three. He had Will Baker standing outside the three-point line waiting to take threes. The guy as a coach has no identity. He has no idea who he is, what he stands for, and players take on the personality of their coach. And our coach does not have a personality other than clap, 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 I'm your best friend. Let's hang out in the dorms tonight. And as a coach, he does, he has no identity whatsoever, and it shows when, he, when you watch his teams play. They're, they're well, lost. He, he had an identity at, at – you know, VCU, when we got him, the havoc, you know, I always heard the havoc, the havoc, the havoc. This is what we're getting. This is what we're getting. You know, I'm thinking like a Bob Huggins style press that we're going to be getting from this guy, this young, energetic guy who's going to recruit. And then, you know, he gets here. He doesn't run it ever. And then he says, well, I don't have the guys to run it. Well, bro, that's your fucking identity. 
if you yeah. instead of trying to be John Calipari, where you're trying to get these one and done guys, you know, you're trying to get the Mo Bambas like, oh, hey, I got this awesome five star recruit. Well, hey, instead of a Mo Bamba, why don't you just go and get a guy that's going to fit your system and play the the style that you want to play? You know, exactly. if you're if you're great at, at you know, taking these one and dones like John Calipari is, you know, absolutely. But you you can't adjust. So you find the guys to fit your system instead of finding the guys and then, you know, running this shitty fucking system that you created. It's 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 unimaginable. It's it's somebody that created the be- the best fucking steak in the world. Just the best steak chef in the world cook steak every fucking day and you know what instead of you know going out and getting a a wagyu steak he's just went out and got a bunch of fucking salmon and he decided i'm going to be a salmon chef but he's going to cook it the exact same way he cooks steak turns out he overcooked the motherfucker and it looks goddamn terrible and tastes like leather fuck you shot god i'm getting heated all right (laughs) i just can't get over that how bad all these guys on the team must feel right and and i'm not I I don't think that the players, it wasn't like, oh man, the players just fucked this up and like tanked and fucking choked. This is nothing to do with the players. It's like, not, this is 0% on the players. Unless you say the players should have just said, fuck the coach and I'm just not going to fucking listen to the coach. Well, and you know what? That's the thing. So for example, like uh, there are a lot of guys, let's talk about Augie Garrido. He got a ton of opportunities to coach Major League Baseball, but he never wanted to because he knows that his wheelhouse is is having minds for molding, is having these teenage kids come into his program. Uh, he's going to recruit them. He's going to mold them. He's going to teach them and watch them grow and, and, and nourish them and shit. Well, then there's guys like Brad Stevens who may, he makes his name in college and then he goes pro because he's like, I don't want to deal with recruiting. I don't want to manage the social lives and the feelings of a bunch of teenagers. I don't want to be a babysitter. I want to be a uh, professional. Jesus Christ, I'm kind of high right now. What the fuck is my point here? Uh, Rick, what did you just say? <laughs> that the players, that's not on them. It's just like the right. Can- yes. Thank you very much. Good Lord. I talk just as much as I type now. So my point of this is this. Matt Coleman loves Shaka Smart because Shaka started recruiting him when he was in eighth grade. Matt was playing in Virginia uh, at Oak Hill while Shaka was coaching in Virginia. And so they have a great bond. And Matt Coleman has uh, stated recently, after we won the Big 12 tournament, he was just like, I'm so happy for Coach Smart. Coach Smart deserves this. Uh, He's been unfairly criticized. Matt Coleman's actual words were, Shaka Smart has been shit on by our fans, and he deserves this win, and we've been letting him down. Matt Coleman, and, th- and that's what I'm trying to say is, Matt Coleman, he, he may be 22 years old, and I guess he's probably more of a grown man now than when he met Shaka, but he, he, he doesn't know. He doesn't understand that, no, Matt, it is not your fault. You did not let Shaka Smart down. Shaka Smart let you and your teammates down. You, Matt just doesn't understand how many coaches out there would have just done so much better of a job developing these guys, using these guys, deploying these guys. And so I feel terrible for a guy like Matt Coleman, who's taking this hard, who's feeling like he's let down this guy that he loves. And let's assume Shaka gets fired. I feel bad for Matt Coleman for taking that to heart. And certainly he's got teammates that are going to feel the same way. And it's too bad that they just don't know that it's not their fault. 
Yeah, I think I think when you look at what the players are doing, I think if you if you take a look and you put a different coach in the same situation with the same kind of talent, you know, it, it's it's a totally different situation. There's a common denominator, um, you know, when you're when your team's getting out coached, and it, it's it's just been shocker the entire time. You know, it doesn't matter how much you can recruit, and it's it's the ability to adapt, it's the ability to find players that fit your system. You know, winning big in the Big Twelve is not just recruiting. You know, Texas in football has shown that. You know, it's not just recruiting. Um, you know, you have to be able to develop the talent you have and you have to be able to fit your system around the talent that you get. And if you're not competent enough to do that, you don't have a place on the 40 acres anymore. And I think that's where shock is going to end up going, because, I mean, you take, you know, Abilene Christian's talent and you put it with, you know, fucking Coach K. He's going to figure out a way to, you know, squeak out some wins. You did the same thing with Shaka. They're a two win team. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's 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 just un, it's unfathomable how bad he's been. And I, I I I can't fucking stand everybody. Oh, he's the nicest guy. He's a nice guy. Sure, he's a he's a great he's a I'm sure he's a great guy. I would love That's to get a beer with him. Millions. Yeah. But you know what? You're paying millions of dollars to win fucking games. Be a nice guy in your own fucking time on your own dime. Like it's it it it, it was put up or shut up this year. This was the this was the year. This was the the even two years ago. People said, okay, well this year, you know, you get you know all these senior you know senior level talent. He's been dealing with a bunch of freshmen. It's been a bunch of freshmen in the rotation. He's you know give him a full recruiting class. Well now it's like okay, we've seen him with you know a full re- recruiting cycle. Now we've seen him get five star talent. And what he does with that, it's like okay. We've seen every, you know, possible aspect. And now you're staring at a roster that's going to struggle to win 10 games next year um, unless you can just pull some shit out of your hat. Like it, it, it honestly, it's time for Shaka even to start evaluating. Hey, I think it's time for me to, to find a soft landing spot before I'm, you know, on this nine win basketball team next year and easily getting shit canned again. So if Shaka, if Shaka had any fucking. If he had any honor, he would fucking quit. Yeah. That's how bad, that's how fucking yep. bad, like, and, and I get it, right? I get people say that and like, oh, Tom Herman would never quit. And like, yeah, but, yeah, but Tom Herman had an argument to like where he was actually earning his money. He just like wasn't yep. performing to the level that he needed to. Like losing this game against this team, you should, you should reevaluate whether you should even be coaching in college anymore. Like you, well, you should just, like, like that, th- like you cannot. Th- this isn't like an off night for your guys. This no, was exactly. like you straight, you straight up fucking, you threw that fucking game. You threw that fucking game. I hope, I hope that th- there's some fucking gambling scandal where we just he took the plus nine figure <laughs> out the where he just fucking took the L or something and just like laughs off with ten million dollars and then goes to fucking jail for the rest of his See, life. I don't you know. You can't even do that. You can't even do that though because like okay, so say for instance he was really gambling. He was trying to throw that game. Even if you didn't coach at all. If I was coaching on the sidelines, that team is talented enough to cover plus 9 still. They just fucking they I mean, I'm not kidding. They go. could literally just go and dunk on these motherfuckers. They could have yeah. literally they did yeah. it all game. Don't yeah. don't even fucking shoot the ball. Just dunk on them. You can score more than 52 only with dunks. Let let me give some background on Shaka because I think that this stuff is going to be brand new to a lot of people listening to this. I want to give some background on Shaka from, from before he even got to Texas. So there was a 12-year period where VCU employed 
uh, Will Wade, Shaka Smart, Anthony Grant, and Jeff Capel as their head coaches. That was a 12-year period. Shaka coached six of those years. The other three guys coached the other six years. Shaka is the only one of those coaches to never win his conference during that time. And two of the other three won it multiple times, and two of the other three won the conference in their first year. Conference, uh, Shaka spent three years in the Colonial Athletic Association, never won it. Spent three years in the Atlantic 10, never won it. Uh, he actually had a team in the Atlantic 10 that had three NBA players on it, still did not win uh, his league. But here's the, this, this, this thing right here is the thing that's going to haunt me forever because this is so fucking unfathomable that, okay, basically it's, it's the butterfly effect. When Shaka Smart has one feather in his cap for his entire career, and it's the 2011 VCU Final Four run. And when I say the butterfly effect, what I mean is that team should never, ever, ever have been let into the tournament. And I'm going to go to the stats here, okay? Here's 2011 VCU, which at the time was was decried as the worst all-time at-large team. Here we go. 2011 VCU lost by 10 to a 12-19 and 19 Georgia State team ranked number 217 by Kim Palm. They lost by <laughs> 11. Yeah, yeah, this is 2011 VCU. They lost by 11 to an 11-20 and 20 Northeastern team ranked oh 313 gosh. in adjusted defense and 194 overall in Kim Palm. They lost 91-80 to 80 to that team. That's Northeastern. That's the name of the school. They lost their final three home games of the season to James Madison, Old Dominion, and George Mason. A bunch of old dead dudes beat them in their final three home games of the season. They finished their season going three and four over their final seven games. They finished fourth in the Colonial Athletic Association, and they did not win their conference tourney and had double-digit losses. And finally, they were ranked number 92 in Ken Palm to end the season, and that team got an at-large bid to the tourney and then went to the Final Four. If the NCAA Tournament Committee does not let that team in, Shaka Smart is either the coach at a middling Ohio Valley Conference school right now, or he's washing cars in Richmond, Virginia. And instead, he is a multimillionaire living in Austin, Texas, being paid handsomely to fuck my life up and to ruin my dreams <laughs> and to make me hate waking up every morning because what the fuck? So my point is this. There are a lot of people who don't even understand that he was not even particularly special at VCU. VCU, everyone wins at VCU. Everybody there wins. And so you compare his time at VCU and his time after VCU, and you say Will Wade, Anthony Gray, and Jeff Capel are all better coaches than him. So I have never seen someone fall upwards quite like this, and I've never seen one seemingly innocuous decision way back in 2011, 10 years ago, letting that team in. I remember when when that VCU team made the Final Four, how happy everyone was, and Shaka was this energetic guy diving on the floor, and, and it was this great story. I enjoyed it. I was laughing. I was having a good time. Well, who's laughing now? Not me. That one decision led to Shaka 
getting the Texas job. Thank you, Steve Patterson, for hiring Shaka Smart and Charlie Strong. You fucking asshole. Smart and strong. Smart and strong. Yeah, I bet you that's on his t-shirt, isn't it? The most smart ironic branding ever. Just some weak dumbasses. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Shaka crazy. was never anything special to begin with. And at Texas, you know, they got the saying, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. And it's time for CDC to say, this motherfucker has shown me who he is for six straight years. And he has got to go because that arena will be empty next year if Shaka's still here. And then the new arena the year after that will be empty with a brand new coach who, who who's going to be dealing with a basically an Abilene Christian type roster. For, for me, I think it's, I mean, I just keep coming back to this and I know what CDC is trying to do. And, uh, you know, it, it, we've seen his true colors with the high profile, uh, Herman firing and, and the Sark hire. And like, I think I get it. Right. He wants to have something lined up. He wants to show continuity. He wants, this is a, I, it's worse than Herman. If you're listening, if you're listening, Chris, you, you have to fire him right now. Yeah. You have to fire him. Everybody knows that Texas is going to hire a new basketball coach. You don't need you don't need to freak out about whether or not people know or don't know or what. There's no fucking secret here. And and you have to fire Shaka without somebody else that is you're going to press her right into the room after you walk his ass out because you need to send a fucking message, message. that it will never be okay for a fucking coach at this school to lose in the first round to Abilene fucking Christian when they shot less than 30 fucking percent from the field. Like that is bullshit. It's it, for me, it's you're exactly right. For me, it's okay. Tom Herman was one thing. Tom Herman was average at Texas. He was a fucking dickhead, but he was, you know, won all the bowl games. They, they, yeah, he won, won all the bowl games. games. He had nine win seasons. Yeah, put it on Colorado. I get it. You know, I get. Okay, look. Hey, we saw a clear upgrade with Sark, so we we wanted to change directions with Tom Herman. I get that. I get that move. This is, I mean, it's napalm going on right now. You are burnt. The the, the entire program is burning down around you. And all I yeah. want him to think about is if he made a donation call right this second. Compared to if he made a donation call right after Tom Herman won the Colorado bowl game, how those calls would be different because yeah. there's not a single person in their mind that would give a dollar to the Texas basketball program right now with Shaka Smart's name attached to it still. Not a fucking Period. one. You know, you could Period. you could sell me Tom Herman. I would fucking hate it. A lot of people would fucking hate it. But guess what? You could sell me on it. I could I could see it. You know, there, there's justification. There is no justification. This is year six. If, if this was football, you know what saved Shaka's ass last year? He had that miracle run right before fucking COVID hit. And that exactly. if he didn't have that, he was gone. And if if and before that, you know what saved his ass? It's it's because it's basketball and they were more worried about football. And they, you know, Charlie's strong buyout saved his ass with that. Because um, otherwise, if if Charlie or if, if Shaka Smart did, had the same results in football as he did in basketball, he would have been gone oh, yeah. three years ago. And oh, yeah. at this point, there's zero justification. I don't care about buyouts. I don't care about optics. There's no optic. There's nothing. He has a losing record in Big 12 play. He has zero tournament wins. His average finish in a 10-man Big 12 is fifth. 
it's not even average. It's it's fifth is not the Texas standard. He finished alone and dead last with okay. <laughs> let's okay. So here's the team. Let's let's review Shaka's eleven win team at Texas that finished dead last in the conference. Jared Allen, how's that for a start? Jared Allen, uh, pre-cancer Andrew Jones, who was balling. He had Kerwin Roach and Eric Davis coming off seasons where they both made the Big 12 all-newcomer team. He had James Banks, who transferred and went and and averaged a double-double in two and a half blocks at Georgia Tech. That, they're like, that was a tournament team. Okay, that was a team that you give Chris Beard that roster, Scott Drew, I mean Jamie Dixon. He'll take I'll that. I'll give fucking Dirk of that roster. Straight up. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, it's the and, and here's what's making me sick watching the tournament right now. It feels to me like half the coaches who are winning tourney games, Nate Oates, Eric Musselman, Mick Cronin, Juwan Howard. These are all guys that got hired in the last one or two years. There. It, it, in basketball, because there's only five dudes on the court, a good coach can win anywhere, and there are good coaches out there to be had. I mean, aside from Jawan Howard, the guy, three guys I just named, we could have had them if we wanted two years ago. We, I mean, and and even I could name fifteen more super unsexy names that we that, that we all that we could have had uh, if if we had decided to fire Shaka two years ago or even last year. Um. So so it's it's not like <laughs> it's not like football where again it's not uh, an eighty-five man group that's thirteen guys and you're going to play eight of them and there's five dudes on the court at one time. If you are a competent coach and you can recruit, I mean, you it's impossible not to recruit here at Texas, right? So what I was going to say it's impossible. It, like yeah, it's impossible. Like to, to say that Shaka Smart is is the good recruiter here is bogus. It's bogus. Texas recruits itself. It's just magic I mean, beans. I mean, Texas sells cool. itself. Texas recruits and, itself. Competence, you know winning. Houston and Dallas. Uh, so you know when we talk about basketball hubs, we had a conversation about some of us had a conversation about this on um, on the board fairly recently. The state of Texas as a whole, when compared to the other basketball hubs. And the reason we would use the state as a whole is because Austin is two to three hours away from both the DFW and Houston, as well as San Antonio, right? So you look at basketball hubs around the nation for talent, whether it's Detroit, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, St. Louis, Philadelphia, whatever it is, Texas is as good as, if not better than all of them, all of them. You could literally recruit only Texas basketball players and win a national title at the University of Texas. So, like, we are all on the same page here, which is that Shaka is on uh, – Taylor Gaspar said, this cat's nine lives are about to run out. That's a good That's a good phrase. This dude has had seven or eight lives that he's already been burning through, and his time has got to be coming to an end here, like, yeah, immediately. No, I I mean, I don't know that he even... I honestly don't know that he lands a, another job at any D1 school. I think he will. I bet he ends up back at... at Who fucking at, hires this guy? Well, Who fucking we hires not, him? We should not hire Steve Patterson will. <laughs> you know? 
find another school that other someone will. Yeah, I bet you somebody would hire him. Like, I, I don't want to say like a Marquette. I know is open, but like you know, he interviews great. Yeah, His that's players what you love him. On it. The people who interview him love him. He's got a mouthpiece on him that's gotten he sold him all Texas. the way to the top. He sold yeah. Texas. He can sell a fucking mid-major program, you know, that that's that's under scrutiny. You know, if Sam Houston State comes open, like, fuck yeah, he goes to Sam Houston State. Probably do really well there. Probably recruit pretty well. And he could just run his bland-ass fucking offense and then just get smacked Shit. in the mouth from the Southland Conference. I mean, but what does he do to recruit? Hey, yeah, did you watch me at Texas lose to fucking <laughs> Abilene Christian? No, hey. you just say I, I, I was the coach at Texas. Yeah, and you know what? The best to Texas, that- and I was. But this is why CDC needs to do this motherfucker. Like he needs to do him in and do him in fucking hard and dirty, and just be like, he's fucking sucks. Should have left. Not him only in. does he fucking suck, like he should never coach basketball again. Should have left him in Indy. Leave him on the tarmac. Lane Kiffin his ass on the tarmac. Like, Great. oh no, you're not coming back to Austin, up. buddy. Straight it's it's over. I mean. Up. I mean, it, it just has to be over. And I and there's no justification. And anybody worried about a fucking $7 million buyout, it's fucking Texas, man. The money's there. The money's the there. Market. It's not yeah. a money. It's a, The money's there. Yeah. It's the money, money is there. not a problem. Yeah. yeah. The money is it's, not an yeah. issue. And, and, and let, I want to say this for those who don't know, because people are probably asking, okay, well, who, who, who are the candidates to replace him? It's hard to say right now because, like I just said, th- there are guys out there. John Beeline is a really obvious name who's sitting out there. He is old, but he is proven, and he will run a clean program with an attractive offense, and he'll come give us five or six good years. I wouldn't mind that. Uh, People are wondering, can we go get Nate Oates away from Alabama? That's another guy who's in the Sweet 16 right now who just got to his school recently. Can we go get Eric Musselman from Arkansas? I like Musselman a lot. Altman. Yeah, I, I, I've been championing yeah. Musselman for a couple of years. I love him. I love watching his teams play. The offense is so beautiful. Um, so, th- you know, there, there, there are a lot of names that are going to be thrown out there. And I'll just say that it doesn't matter if it's a sexy name when it comes in. This, this person is almost certainly going to be, I mean, I should fucking hope better uh, than Shaka. The one name that's getting thrown out that's really interesting and I think that Jawan Howard's success at Michigan has a lot to do with it is Royale Ivy. Because Royale Ivy, just like TJ Ford, has said out loud that Texas, being the head coach at Texas, is a dream job for him. Now, the only issue is his only experience is he's got, I think, seven, I think, years as an assistant coach in the NBA. Now, ten, yeah, ten of the players, seven as a coach. Yeah. yeah, seven as a coach, exactly. So he's universally respected by his peers. Uh, especially his his former Longhorn peers, um, I would prefer someone who's already uh, experienced the whole gamut of being a co- everything that comes with you know like I said from recruiting to managing these teenagers' emotions and everything. But we know Royale would have the support of his NBA brethren. We know he would recruit because of all the reasons we listed, including the support of his NBA brethren. And if we did end up hiring Royale, I would not be mad. And I would assume that he would have a, a, a long leash and every opportunity to prove himself here. Oh, I've already talked myself into it. So I, I honestly, I'm, I think I'm 
here's me and fucking predictions again. I think he's going to be the next coach at Texas. I I think he's going to be the next. Okay. So think about it. So what did CDC do? I have a crazy, I have a crazy idea. I have a crazy idea. Let's hear it before I jump into my soapbox. Just let Sark, just let Sark coach both. Do both. (laughs) That actually goes right into my point. So everybody loves Sark because, okay, he created an awesome offense and then he hired his staff with just absolute rainmakers. He didn't feel connected and tied to anybody because he wasn't a head coach, a head coach, you know, Tom Herman bringing Todd Orlando. He's going to be able to go out and get the best and brightest and just money whip people. So he'll be able to get a former head coach as an assistant. Cause when you, when you think about Royale Ivy, um, you know, you think, Lack of experience as a head coach. That's the number one thing. Um, lack of experience at the college level. So, you know, I think he's a young guy. I think he'll recruit well. As long as he's committed to recruiting, I think he'll be able to sell. You know, he has a lot to sell. He's a former New York guy, um, played in New York in high school, and then obviously he has the Texas tie. So, you know, he'll be able to sell Austin. Hey, you know, especially to out-of-state recruits, if you go to somebody in New York and say, hey, look, I came from the same background. This is yeah. what my four years look like. You know, this is what this looked like for me. This is what I can sell you with me. So he's going to be a young guy. I think he can recruit well. Um, He's going to be surrounded by A-plus talent. He's going to be cheap. And then you mentioned the NBA thing. I'm going to go a step further. I know for a fact that Kevin Durant has talked to Chris Del Cane about Royale Ivy. So imagine getting, uh, I think it was Inside Texas said something about the players in the NBA even have gone as far as to talk about buying a house near the stadium to help recruiting that they're going to just split this fucking mansion with 13 guys. Oh yeah. Hey, DJ Augustine. Hey, LaMarcus Aldridge that, you know, how awesome would that be? Imagine being able to go there and just be like, Oh, Hey, there's Kevin fucking Durant just walking by. Like that's not a recruiting tool. Like that builds Texas's brand up. That gets, you know, that gets people hyped. You know, if he can, and, and he, you know, he's learned under, learned under Nash. He's learned under Donovan. I'm okay with those names. You know, you give me a system that looks like that with a guy that can recruit. It's like it it checks so many boxes. And the ones that you worry about are the same ones you worried about with Sark was, you know, lack of success as a head coach. And well, I don't I, I don't know if Royal Ivy's pounding the bottle, but, um, you know, those were the two two check marks with Sark, with Sark that, you know, people were worried about, uh, you know. Hey, how's he going to look back as a head coach where he didn't have great success before? You know, it's just he hasn't really had success as a head coach, but he had enough, you know, clout behind him. He got an interview for the Oklahoma City Thunder job. Like if NBA yeah. teams are interviewing you, you mean you can't translate that to the Big 12 and just do better than fucking Shaka? I mean, and another thing is that sense. he loves Texas. He wants this job. We there's there's no doubt that uh how committed he would be, you know, that he's one of us, quote unquote. All the fans, love, the fans would buy in. And and to your points about the the players in recruiting, I have to imagine that it would be somewhat of a full court press from Kevin Durant, PJ Tucker, that all hands on deck when it comes to recruiting. That like uh, that that they would all rally behind Royale and do whatever they needed to do to convince the top players, the Cade Cunninghams of the world, you know, to come to Texas. Uh, as Some of those guys to- are getting older. If you told me, if you told me PJ Tucker's on, on the Texas bench in the next three years is, you know, some kind of, you know, defensive assistant coach. I mean, could you imagine you sell that? You could sell that to any Houston kid. You know, if, if you see, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. see the spider web on his arm and say, you know, it's, holy shit, it's PJ fucking Tucker. Like this guy was nails. I think and, Royale would you know, have, I, I, 
as a as a as a soccer fan, I'm an Arsenal supporter. Boo, Chelsea. And, <laughs> well, I love Giroud, so there we go. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, you know, when when we replaced Arsene Wenger, I I wanted Mikel Arteta to be our coach more than I wanted Unai Emery, and we ended up going with Emery, and we fired him after two years. And then we we hired Mikel Arteta, a former team captain and, and midfielder for Arsenal, very, very analogous to Royal Ivy at Texas. And, the, and, and one of the things that I loved about the hire and that we're, that I am currently any, all Arsenal fans are seeing play out right now in real time is that fans are, are much less quick to judge, much less severe, the support that's there because everyone already knows and loves this guy and wants him to succeed. Royale would have every opportunity to succeed here. And, and it's one of those things where if, if everyone is pegging him to be a very, very good head coach, maybe we're getting in on the ground floor of something special here. Hey, I'm not trying to make this a soccer podcast, but I'm going to throw some some water on that fire because Chelsea just fired Frank Lampard, who I thought the exact same thing about. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. Anyway, that's not true. to make this a soccer right. podcast. So, <laughs> so while, while while you guys have been talking, I, I did not realize because um, I didn't. I don't. I don't fucking care what Shaka Sart has to say in in a presser, but I haven't read. The transcripts of, of oh, I I'm, gonna, I'm gonna read this because yeah, it's disgusting. Oh, because God. it's fucking because it's fucking just disgusting. Um, so he this is his opening statement. First of all, congratulations to Abilene Christian. They played terrific, made some no, huge plays, phenomenal on the defensive end all night long. Certainly, my hat's off to their whole program. I just really feel for our guys right now because up until tonight, we had a phenomenal season. And this obviously isn't the way that any of us envisioned it ending. But this is just one of the facts of the NCAA tournament is one team gets to stay and one team gets to go home. I thought their aggressiveness really had our guards on our heels for much of the night. But at the end of the game, Matt Coleman made a heck of a play, created a great shot for Andrew Jones, and Andrew made a terrific shot to put us up one. We just needed a stop. We blocked the shot, didn't get the rebound. So again, all the credit to Abilene Christian. No, you stupid motherfucker. Everything that you said in that fucking statement is why you cannot coach basketball at this fucking level. Number one, they did not play a fucking terrific game. They did not make huge plays. They scored 53 fucking points on less than 30% field goals with three fucking threes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking piece of shit. They weren't aggressive. They didn't play good defense. You guys no. were dunking all over their shit. The fact that you say some of these things about like, oh, I felt like I saw blah, blah, blah on our team. It's like, then why didn't you make fucking adjustments? That's on you. That's not on your players. 18 offensive rebounds that they had. And they have one guy yeah. that's over like six four. It's crazy. Right. Yeah, yeah, and 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 we've got again, outside of Gonzaga, we've got the most athletic and talented front court in the country. I mean, Kai Jones. Oh, oh, and, oh here's something else that kills me. So the cupboard is super bare going into next year. 
Also, I'm of the opinion that Andrew Jones should leave. He turns 24 years old this year. Who wants to be 24 years old playing on a 10-win team at Texas for no money when you could be in the G League or playing in Greece or in Monaco, you know, in fucking Tel Aviv, wherever you want to play for money? So Shaka knows how bare the roster is going to be, and yet guys like Gerald Liddell and Will Baker were just allowed to transfer. A guy like Royce Ham, instead of playing him this year and encouraging him and saying, hey, we're going to need you next year, he just shits all over him to make sure he goes out the door. Uh, I don't think Jace Febres is coming back. I don't think Jericho Sims is coming. I don't think any of our seniors are going to choose to come back. And yet Shaka says, Gerald Liddell, Will Baker, as shitty as Baker was, I, I would have rather had him on our team next year as a number because as of right now, it looks like our team is going to have eight scholarship players and it, at least one true freshman in the starting lineup. If not, and if not a true friend, I mean, you're you're looking at uh, uh, Brock Cunningham and Kamaka Hepa as potential starters. You're looking at freshman Tamar Bates or possibly even David Joplin as a starter. And we're and and we're and yet Royce Ham gets shitted on, and and Gerald and Kamaka doesn't ever get any minutes. We're gonna need him next year, but he's our team cheerleader this year. And Gerald Adell gets to leave. Will Baker gets to. I mean, it's. It's like he's a sleeper cell who was sent here from AM to fucking destroy the program from within. I mean, if you think about it, too. So so I think that's one of the crucial things with CDC um, making this decision. you got to cut his ass quick because uh, the NBA draft is going to come up you know, quicker than you think you need to have somebody well in place. So, you know, if you want to be able to convince an Andrew Jones and hell, maybe even a Greg Brown, you know, I, I thought one and done for sure. One and done, one and done, one and done. But, you know, if you can convince this guy and get out in front of it, like, Hey, look, give me one more year. I'm going to have a more dynamic offense. You are going to be the featured player. You know, this is, I'm going to run my offense through you. You could be, you know, a top 25 pick now, or you could be a top, you know, you're going to be a lottery pick. You pick, you know, it just give me one more year. You'll be 19 when you declare for the draft instead of 18. Let's go. You know, th- and that's why yeah, you cut his ass now. You set that plan in motion. And if, you know, if the time to act is now, if Chris Beard's your guy and you're going to go full pork, you know, full court press on him, do it. Do it quick because he's probably going to say no. Um, you know, you go in for Eric Musselman, same situation probably. You know, a Dana Altman, it's the same situation. So you have weeks. This is not like, hey, you know, once I get my guy lined up, you know, I'm really going to, you know, I'm really going to find, you know, the right fit for Texas. It's like, no, you fire Shaka now, put the full court press on every single person on your wish list. Go down that wish list right now, today. There's no wait. You know, there's no wait until you have your next guy lined up. No matter who you get, is going to be better than Shaka. So fire yeah. Shaka now and then get his replacement on board as fast as you can so we aren't a complete dumpster fire by the time your new fucking stadium opens in two years. You have a one-year turnaround before you got to sell that bitch out. Yeah. Good yeah. luck. Yeah. Who wants to open a new stadium to 25% capacity because morale around the program has never been lower and the roster is six guys on scholarship and a bunch of dudes from Gregory Jim. Okay, so we are we're all on the same train and we're all almost making this as like a foregone conclusion. But like but what does happen? I I won't watch another fucking I will not watch another Texas basketball game uh, if Shaka Smart is the head coach. Yeah. I, just, I won't. 
I can't I do it. I canceled my season tickets because of Shaka Smart. I and I, I I went from going to nearly every home game for my entire life, as far back as my memories go, to canceling my season tickets because of Shaka Smart. And if that fucking bald fraud is on our sideline next year, spitting platitudes, talking about having better tomorrows and bringing in the Navy SEAL Team 6 to teach our guys some dumb shit in the offseason, I'm with you guys. Who the, who the fuck wants to support a program that spits in your face as a fan? Because that's what it would be to keep Shaka smart. It would be spitting in the face of anyone who's a basketball fan. And you know what's weird, too? You, you go to you, When you go to the arena, when, when you go to UT games, you see the same people, you see the same faces. I mean, it's like a familial type thing, man. And, 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 and even though it's nowhere near the scale of football, there's a bunch of people who've been donating to your fucking university for decades who are basketball first people. I know it's nowhere near the scale and scope, but come on, man. It's killing it. And that's and you're you're totally right. It's it's um it's apathy. It's what we saw at the end of Tom Herman. It's it's complete and utter apathy um from the money, the people that are building your stadium. Um and you just can't have it. You that's what kills a college program faster than anything else. It's it's the apathy. It's not, you know, sucking. It's being completely so completely apathetic about it that you just don't give a fuck to turn it on. You know, for a while yeah. during the season, it was appointment viewing for me. I made sure you know, and it had been years before where it was like, you know, oh, they were playing Kansas State. Let me turn it on. It was like, oh, no, we have Kansas State tonight. I got to watch that. And yeah. we have to get back to that level of basketball. Otherwise, the the program's just going to it's just going to die. It's going to collapse in on itself because there's just going to be no fan support. There's going to be no donor support. Yeah, there's no reason Texas basketball has to survive. You have to make the yep. right decisions or it won't. Yep. So Hootie also, you know, I made my prediction. I think it's going to be Royale Ivy um, standing on the sideline next year. I, y'all got? I, I, goddamn, like as you know, again, I've been wanting Musselman for so long, um, but I don't think I, I actually have Arkansas in my Final Four, and I have Alabama in my Final Four. So when I, if anything close to that happens, then the younger Your bracket sounds guys, awful. Like, <laughs> Nate, yeah. His the bracket sounds pretty like good right now, though. Yeah, that's true, I guess. I, I, I'd say that, but I had Texas going to the Sweet 16 like a fucking idiot. Uh, I had a Texas you know, winning the whole fucking thing. So. Yeah, you can burn that thing. So, uh, to me, Beeline is the safest choice. And to me, Beeline might be okay with, with, with coming in with an understanding that, th- that this isn't a long term. We want you to right the ship. And and then you know either groom someone or maybe Royale comes in to replace him, or maybe Royale takes an assistant spot on his staff. To me, Beeline, there's no buyout. He's definitely available. You know, we and 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 we will play an attractive style of basketball. We won't break any rules, and he can at least get our ship back on trap. Open up our new stadium with an attractive brand of basketball. Which you know what. Even if you're like winning 60% or 55%, if you're at least attractive to watch, people will come out. So for me, if I have to predict, I'll say beeline because I think he's the safe choice. 
you mean you don't want to see a 53 to 52 ball game? That's not interesting to you. <laughs> I like Beeline. I think, I think he's a good coach. I think, um, uh, it ended terribly in the NBA, um, predictably, especially with that shitty Cavs team. Um, yeah. I know we made comments on the way out, but either way, um, I think he'd be fine. Um, I, I can't imagine Royale Ivy. Um, you, so one of one of my things with, you know, I guess being on the Ivy bandwagon is um, I think this is your chance to get him before you lose him. This is Sark before he goes to Washington. Um, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's your chance before, you know, next year he's coaching the Atlanta Hawks and you lost your chance forever. So, you know, you can get, you know, you can get a beeline, you can get a, you know, even sometimes a muscleman or an outman, you know, you can get these, these replaceable old white guys. Um, but you know, a young up and coming coach, it's sometimes, you know, we missed with Shaka. Maybe we hit on this one. Well, and again, the backing that Royale will have from every direction, from Belmont to the fan base to his NBA peers, if if Royale wants the job and we offer it to him tomorrow, I'm I am beyond happy with that. And I will be I mean, shit, that's the kind of thing that's going to get me to say, yeah, let's re up these season tickets, because this is something that that's a hiring I can absolutely get behind. Who you got? I'm a Mac. I don't care. <laughs> just not Shaka. Doesn't matter. Not Shaka doesn't Smart. Matter. It literally does not matter. You could literally hire Steve Prom, and I don't think he could do worse than Shaka. Doesn't we could switch matter. coaches, and and Iowa State would stay at the bottom of the conference, and Steve Prom would finish tied for third next year. <laughs> so okay, who you you mentioned your brackets? <clears throat> so what we've got, I think we've got. Uh, Everybody except for, you know, Kansas is getting their shit kicked in by USC, which is always great. Kansas. Yeah. Um, but they're, you know, USC is a big boy school, um, not fucking Abilene Christian. So yeah. Oral Roberts making an Elite Eight or Sweet 16. Sorry. Crazy. Crazy. Those two guards. Those two guards that they have are must-see TV during the tournament. Those are the kind of stories that make the tournament what it is, where there's these guys you've never heard of. Turns out one of them leads the nation in scoring. The other one himself is at 19 or 20 in a game. And you know what? And this is what you love about a sport like basketball, because it's so different from football, is that huge upsets can happen on any given day in basketball. Because if one team's hot and the other one's not shooting well, then, uh, you know, it can go that way. Well, these Oral Roberts guards, when you see them play with the swagger they play with and the – they, you know, they they kind of walk around like Marlo Stanfield from The Wire. They kind of walk around like they fucking own every single, you know, piece of wood on the court. They don't give a shit about Ohio State or anyone you put in front of them. Those guys are like, fuck y'all. Y'all are about to fuck around and find out, you know. Those guys have supreme confidence, and I love watching them play. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'm just going to be an ORU fan for the rest of the tournament. Bucky, Maybe it'll Chuck. make me feel better. Something. I don't know. Yeah. I Honestly, I didn't watch a single game today. And I'm, it's the apathy that we're talking about. I, I just I couldn't I couldn't just bring myself to yeah. even turn it on. And I love it. I used to watch every single game, even when, even when Texas was out of the tournament entirely. I, you know, made it a point. I'm watching it all these bitches i'm all uh, you know it's just mainly it's just a good excuse oh, yeah. to drink beer but um i mean it, i just i just couldn't bring myself to even turn it on just disgusting 
I had it on the TV in the living room, the games, uh, with the back door open, just going in and out of the house, checking in on the games, you know, if they get close, watch them. But yeah, it, it, it even when you try to prepare, prepare yourself for it, that apathy that sinks in when, and look, if we had lost 81 to 80 and Abilene shot 16 of 21 from three, I'd still be fucking pissed, but there is a unique, a uniqueness to, to the level of pissed and hurt and, and upset that I am when, again, they scored 53 points. They shot 29%. They made three threes. They have no athletes. They have no shooters. They played terribly, and they beat us. So the only – like, I'm looking at all of the scores now. So the only team that scored less points than Texas did is uh, Drexel only scored 49 against a one seed that they got fucking blown out by by three right. points. And Abilene Christian again against UCLA. And they and 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 that's the team that's and fucking just packing. Beat yeah. us with 52 points. That's just disgusting. It's just gross. Look, uh, you know, Shaka Smart record-wise is not even better than Tom Penders was at Texas, and at least we were the running horns. We're gonna, we got to stop calling him that. He's Shaka dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Shaka sucks. Ugh. Ugh. Fart noise. All right. Well, if we uh, we we could go, I, I'm pretty sure we could go until a new head coach was hired. <laughs> or, or one of us has a fucking aneurysm. I'm angry still. <laughs> I'm, I am. I mean, I, I you can hear it. That wasn't fake anger early. No, yeah, I was fucking it's, it's, losing it, my mind. Especially because I was I was saying, God damn it, dude! I I'm going into this. My opinion going into this tournament is that. Shaka will be fired after next year, barring something like winning the national title, right? So I'm going into this whole season, this whole tournament, all of it, with the attitude of, you know, let's enjoy Let's fucking win. This is the best squad we are going to have under this guy. And I remember back on January 6th, right after we had blasted Kansas, and then I think we might have even beaten West Virginia right after that on the Andrew Jones buzzer beater. I was thinking, holy shit, Final Four, here we come. We're going to win the league, whatever, whatever. And even after the losing streak, we go on that little mini streak at the end. We win the turn, uh, the conference tournament. And so you can't even help but get yourself all geared up for the NCAA tournament. First time in three years for us. And 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 Shaka just just pulls down his pants and just shits all over the court, and 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 it ruins your whole fucking mood for at least the rest of the first week of the tournament. At least you don't want to. You, how can you get excited? How? I might turn the natty on. That's that's about it. Maybe Final Four. If I, you know, if Shaka gets fired, I'll watch the. I'll watch every other game. <laughs> if otherwise, yeah, I, I, that's a that's a good deal. Yeah, Crystal County, if you're listening, 
I'll be excited about basketball again as soon as you fire shots. Yeah. yeah. Between this exactly. and the Rockets losing 20 in a row, I, I, I don't think basketball is much on my mind anymore. <laughs> I just bought my Astros opening day ticket. So let's just focus on something that gives me happiness in life. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. All right, guys. Well, let's let's call this a wrap. Fire Shaka. Fire Shaka. Hook them. Fire fucking Shaka. Hook them. Hook them.